Welcome back to another episode of Dig City, a Purdue volleyball podcast, and now off-season simulcast. As I'm Daniel Gilman, joined by the setter Haley Bush and our chief head coach Dave Shondell. Haley, how are things going for you the last few weeks? It's good, definitely different, but it's been good. Coach, yeah, great to see. We're going to sprinkle a little sugar on this episode today, and. Uh, I tell you, our shows are so much better when we bring the players on and have them involved and our fans get a chance to hear from them and really get an inside take on what was going on during the match. So I think these have been great. And, and Gilly, your research on everything has been off the chart, man. You've been, you've been doing a great job with these. And I know the people that listen to these, and, and I know I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Well, thank you very much. We've had great responses from our review of the Michigan match with Caitlin. So we figured we'll stay in the class. We'll bring in Haley. We'll talk about her trip back to her home state of Kentucky and a little revenge that was uh, as sweet as Kentucky bourbon, as I called it, after Blake's block. And today we're going to be breaking down that fifth set that was a little lopsided, but a lot of fun to cover against Kentucky last season. Talking about that match, though, before we dive into it, let's kind of set the stage because it's early in the season, non-conference play. And coach, as we talk about, you know, lining up a season and as you look at a schedule in the beginning of the year we had talked before the 2019 season started and this was definitely one that you had circled right well as you remember we had played kentucky in the second round of the ncaa tournament uh sheridan uh her senior year with uh, brooke peters and aaron williams and um, we did not play well uh, probably the worst match one of the one of the two worst matches that uh, a Purdue team has played in the NCAA tournament was that match that we played at Kentucky. And as I've said before, you have to give Kentucky a lot of credit. They came out in that match uh, at their place in Memorial Coliseum, and they served the ball really tough. They had some people that played at a very high level, and we played very young, partially because we were pretty young in, in that match. But we played uh, without much experience and much savvy. And I think that we had a long time to stew over that particular loss. And the fact that we were fortunate to get Kentucky on our schedule for the uh, preseason was fortunate. And, and, and sometimes the team that just has more to prove um, has more to gain. And I, I thought that uh, we, we may have played a little bit harder, a little bit maybe with more focus uh, in that particular match. So Haley, as a student athlete, I mean, I can't relate to this, so I need 100% of your honesty here. How much does a loss like that carry into the next time you face that same team, or is it kind of just new match, new match, new me? I think I, it's usually a new match, but it was definitely a different circumstance this time, considering, like uh, you just said, that how it's we lost and we didn't play very well at all. And I think that we kind of thought about that game or this whole entire offseason. So to have them in preseason, that was pretty exciting just because we knew we could redeem ourselves. So it was definitely a different situation. So. And then on top of that, there was a little bit of fuel added to the fire because of the loss early in the year at Notre Dame. And so, Coach, you had mentioned this throughout all of 2019, how that loss ended up being that, that fuel, fifth, the fifth set fuel, more, most specifically. So how did your team bounce back? You know, the first fifth set match after the Notre Dame one was the win down in Nashville, took care of that, and then you go to Lexington, and it seems like I mean, we'll get to it in a little bit. I don't want to spoil anything, but it seemed like whatever you had talked to the team about in terms of handling the beginning of a fifth set seemed to have work in Lexington. 
Well, Notre Dame had a good squad last year. They're an NCAA tournament team, and Mike Johnson has stepped in for Jim McLaughlin and, and continues to do a very good job, and they recruit good players. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to recruit great athletes to the University of Notre Dame in any sport. There seems to be a tendency for, for athletes to, to be attracted to the Golden Dome. But uh, we had had their number for many years. And uh, I don't think we went into that match with the right mentality and the right attitude. And we lost the five setter uh, in that match. And it wasn't that we were awful. We just weren't very good. And uh, Notre Dame was better. And just like I mentioned in our match with Kentucky, they play with more purpose. And so um, I thought that was an eye opener for our team. And we came back and talked a lot about that. We watched a lot of video. And we, we discussed the mental aspect of the game and how important it is that you play as well as you can. And certainly you get into a fifth game, which the year before we were really, really good in fifth games. Um, and we had to, to find a way to, to do that and, and be really tough when you get into the fifth set. And, and then obviously in this match behind Sugar's serving and defense, we really got off to a great start in that fifth set. So let's take a look now. Hopefully the uh, screen share option is friendly to us today. So with this fifth set, you know, the first one, strong start for Purdue, strong finish for Purdue, 25-21. Then the second set, big comeback for Purdue late, but Kentucky took it 24-16. Third set was a tale of runs, as Kentucky did pull away, took it 25-19. And at that point, things weren't looking so good, but a pivotal 8-0 run early in the fourth set set the tone. A massive, you know, tied at 18, tied at 19, tied at 20, tied at 21, and then forcing the fifth set here. And so coach, as we take a look at the beginning of the fifth set, you mentioned in the Michigan match, when you break down the first few points, do you have it scripted like a, you know, a college football coach might have the first three or four plays scripted in the first quarter, or is it by the point you kind of go with the flow? No, you, you know each rotation, what your strengths are um, based on who your hitters are. And then Haley has to to do a very good job of looking across the net because teams will rotate their lineup some to where you may not have the exact same matchup from set to set. And uh, obviously they like to start Edmonds uh, left front and she is left front. So they've got Edmonds and I think Myers number seven with their setter Hilly in the front row. So as Haley looks over there, um, what she should be looking at is the fact that their, their setter is in the front row and she's not a great blocker. She's pretty good for a, you know, a five, ten and a half inch setter, but you don't want to necessarily go at Edmonds, who's a just a freak of an athlete. And then Meyer is pretty steady in, in the middle. So she's looking at who we have, which is Catino, Scubia's left front. She's going to probably go behind or stay in front. And then Caitlin is going to be bombing on the left side. Then you got Grace Cleveland coming down the pipe. So uh, Haley, what were you thinking as you entered this mat, this final set? Uh, well, usually I look at the hitter that's been putting the balls away the most and who is going to be the most aggressive. And usually that person is Caitlin. So I was looking for her mostly. Yeah. So similarly to that Michigan match, you find Caitlin Newton, one nothing Purdue. And now you're going to serve here. And so walk me through the strategy of, you know, when you decide to serve more aggressive and when you decide to serve less aggressive. Because taking a look at this one, it seems like it's, it's going to be somewhere on, you know, the middle scale, right? You know, the short serve, trying to get the defense in disarray. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, usually, I mean, John usually gives us the signal on whether to be, you know, the deep serve or the short serve, but I've been really practicing on my short serve. And so 
that was one that we knew we could uh, cause them to have some issues and making the libero pull up and making the setter move. So that was mostly the main thought on that one. And Hornung comes up huge with a massive dig early in the point, gets another one there. Luckily, you didn't touch it, so you were able to swing it out to Caitlin, and miscommunication gives Purdue a 2 nothing lead. Now, you had no idea at this point that you guys were about to go on what would be the, the longest fifth set run against Kentucky that you could imagine, right? I mean, we saw crazy runs in Nashville against Lipscomb, but when you get set to serve here, do you kind of think, okay, one point at a time, or is it a race to eight? How is your mindset for a fifth set? Because we talked to Newton about it, and I'm curious to see how yours might differ. Uh, I mean, usually we try to look at things, you know, play by play and thinking of different things we can do, but we always have in our minds, like, be the first one to a certain point, and we always say that to each other as just a way to keep pushing and, and not letting them get any points. And so I think with this one, we really just wanted to keep pushing points, and so we were thinking, like, first one to eight on uh, in this set now I want to go back and ask you a question on this second point where Shavana has an opportunity for an overpass she's unable to put it away this is the last point hold on she's on it Shavana's unable to put away the overpass you give her the chance right quickly right after that is that something that you were taught early on as a setter to try to give the middle an opportunity after you see that they had just missed an easy opportunity uh I mean you know you can if you want but you know I had a I was confident in Shivana and what she could do, and I knew that on that point she could put it away. So I felt confident giving it to Shivana. So, Coach, 4 nothing, and Skinner calls a timeout. Is there much that you need to talk about with your team right now, or are you kind of letting them gel and, and the synergy kind of flow? When, when you're serving and you're on defense, there's always a lot to talk about. You, you have to prepare your team for what – you think the opponent is going to do. And, and they had tried Myers a couple of times on the slide without much success. And so when they break from the timeout and they've got a first team All-American uh, over there on the left side with just one other hitter, and they had tried to go Stumbler some in the back row, but she, was, she wasn't putting balls away on the pipe set. So um, I th I'm sure we talked about uh, doing a great job of getting out and being in front of uh, – Edmonds, if they give her the ball and if they go behind to Meyer, we'll do the best we can. But but she had not been able to score so far. I think they went to her twice, uh, two times before. Haley, could you remember the last time that you had served the entire run until a switch, something like this? I don't think I've ever done that before, no. <laughs> Was it – I mean, this is such a – lead up question but did it mean something different because so many of your family members got to come to this this match so close to home uh I mean yes but the my family they always they always come to like every right. game so but yeah I mean I always grew up around Kentucky and UK was the big team so I mean I really wanted to beat them so yeah and the Wildcats put together a marvelous stretch of being able to get that ball over but Shivana once again it seemed like the first four points or the first three points Caitlin took control, then Catino here with a pair of kills, takes care of the overpass, and just like that, you guys are up 6 nothing. And I know, you know, on the sideline, I'm kind of breathing a little bit easier. On the court, are you still, you know, worried? Are you still playing as if you were tied 1-1? Or do you, do you change your style of play when you're winning by a wide margin? I mean, we keep our style of play, which is, you know, you want to stay competitive at all times, but... I mean, you definitely don't want to let up at all because if you do, they're going to come back as, quick, as quickly as we got up. So I think uh, 
we just kept the same mindset the whole entire time, just not to let up because if they're such a good team. That if you would let up, then there's a chance you'll be the one that's losing. So, All right, coach, walk me through this point here. You've got Shivana and you've got Grace, a pair of just absolute talent up at the front line. What do they do so well? I'll pause it here and then I'll let you, you know, direct me. What do they do so well against the left side hitter? I believe it's Caitlin Cooper who had so much success against you guys the year before. Well, um, I, I think that's Edmonds. It's actually I, Edmund. Yeah, it's Edmund. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'll go back again. Grace Cleveland is as good of a blocker as there is in the Big Ten. Um, and it was so um, comforting to know that, you know, she's going to be up for, for three rotations uh, during this stretch. And Shivana, her strength is just her quickness. And so, you know, we have told her that she had to focus on Edmund and get out there and try to really close uh, the block and, and Grace does a great job of setting it. And uh, I think the last swing that Edmonds took, she hit out of bounds. And so she's going to make sure she doesn't do that again. And she challenges the meat of the block. And uh, this time, I think Grace got it, but uh, Scooby was right there to, to close it and make it really difficult uh, on Edmonds. So really good job. Again, Sugar, when she at times made the serve really tough, but once you start serving short and they know it's coming, it's not super difficult to make a decent pass. It's just, it puts people a little bit out of sorts and out of position. And this is a two hitter rotation for them. And, and so, you know, they're going one or two spots. They might, if it's a tight pass, the setter can dump and uh, wouldn't have been a bad move for her because I think uh, if you watch Scooby close enough, she probably was leaning a little bit to go get Edmonds. Uh, our backcourt people should have been all over the dump had, had that happened, but you know, you never know, but Really, I thought, I thought Scooby was the key to the start of this. You know, certainly Sugar served some really good short serves, and she and Horning were digging some balls. But I thought that uh, Shivana, with some blocking and some heads-up play, really, really was the key to the start of this uh, fifth set. And I think, I think Jenna Otek's reaction here at the 7-0 timeout kind of represents all of Purdue Nation as, as you see the complete jeer and absolute – celebration from her but it's still seven nothing clearly the the match is far from over once again what do you talk to your team in a timeout like this is is it purely just defensive strategy or do you try to keep them within themselves in the same way that you know a football coach at halftime may try to calm down his team that's winning yeah probably isn't as much uh, head coach discussion early in this um, deal you want to let the players kind of uh, coach themselves uh, for a while. You let your assistant coaches uh, provide some information to your players. And then I'm going to go back and tell them the same thing I told them before is Edmonds is still there. And, uh, but, but she hasn't gotten it done. So there might be a little bit more versatility in what they do. I don't know where they go here, but they may go back behind to Myers on this one. Yep. They went to Meyer. Good dig in the back row by Haley. And then Caitlin tries a little roll shot to the middle stumbler from the back row. And that's just athleticism, right? With the way that Shivana can get up there, it, was, it wasn't a solo block because Grace helped on the right side. But if we look at that again, walk me through the defensive mindset of a front row player when you see someone come from the back row, Coach. How does it change? Well, we, we talk all the time, Daniel, about being hungry blockers. And we want players that want to be involved in every play. I, I like a left side hitter that wants to go out and block the opposing left side hitter when they're out of system. This is actually Grace that gets this block, I'm, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Yep. And, she's, and she's got a big responsibility with Edmonds 
and she's locked in on Edmonds, but she is such an attentive blocker and moves so well and is so long. She is able to, to shuffle over and get in on uh, Stumler. And, uh, and we got, we got, this is a really good block that we put up on a pipe set when they hadn't, hadn't gone to this for a long time. So really nice job by our front row. And, um, it was, it was a, a huge block for us. And a rare show of emotion from Grace. And, you know, Haley, she's someone that Caitlin obviously beams about when we talked to her in the Michigan match. But what is it like to, to play with, with Grace Cleveland? Uh, I mean, she's, she's a really fun person to play with. You know, she gets excited and she builds everyone else up around her. And I think she thinks more about her teammates than herself. And that's something that you really need when you're playing the sport. So. I kept that one vague for you, but I do want to ask specifically when she's in a groove, does she hit the ball harder than, than anyone else? I don't want to, to make it a one thing or the other, but it feels like on the sideline, I know Caitlin can bomb it, but sometimes because of the point of contact for grace, it feels like she puts a hole on the, in, in the, you know, the, the wood. Yeah. I mean, she hits the ball pretty hard and she gets really high up. So she definitely hits it more straight down than most, but, uh, yeah, I'd say her and Caitlin can both give you a concussion. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and what are you looking forward to the most? We're playing with the two of them after another year of obviously, you know, work and progression for the three of you. I'm looking forward to it. I think, I've, uh, you know, we've been working hard on our connection. I think we're really good with our connections. And I, I'm really looking forward to what they both can do. So, Absolutely. We are all looking forward to this season. Schedule should be coming out soon, so everyone should keep an eye out on what will absolutely be an electric trio for the three of you guys. And I'm very, very interested to see how the, uh, the freshmen transform into sophomores. And talking about that, Coach, we didn't see too much of it because it's, it's very much a, you know, a veteran group out there for this fifth set as you see Kentucky grab a couple points. But this was a coming out party for Maddie Chin. Talk to me about the decision between you know, every single match, the Emma Ellis, Maddie Chin, Maddie Cook situation, and why it ended up being, you know, her in this one, if you remember that at all. Uh, I think that was the favorite part of the season for you. As I enjoyed it. Guy, um, trying to figure out who might be in the mix uh, in that L2 spot. But, you know, I, um, we, as you know, we tried to play all three of our freshmen in that spot as much as possible, I think. Emma was probably in the spot over 50% of the time. And uh, I, I don't know if she just wasn't really, really good the weekend before. And uh, we felt like Chin had had a, a really good practice. There, there were days in practice, and Haley will, I'd like to hear Haley's comments, where Chin was just unbelievable. I mean, she just took over, over practice. And then there'd be a couple of practices in a row where, you know, you wouldn't notice her. But she had had some really good practice coming up to this match. And uh, we felt like maybe she could terminate some balls for us. And she did. I think that in this match, she had nine kills and about 20, 22 or 23 swings and, uh, and some blocks. She just did a tremendous job in this match. Probably was a difference maker. We had a lot of people play well. It was a really, really balanced attack for our team across the board. But Chin's play from start to finish was, was truly exceptional. I mean, take a look at just these two defensive points back-to-back, -back, and, and Chin takes another ridiculous shot. It seemed like it was a, a season of out-of-system kills for the freshmen because Maddie takes another one here, and Haley, you could talk to, you know, the off-season, you know, the preseason for the freshmen and then seeing Chin kind of evolve through 2019. Yeah, when she first came in, she's always been aggressive and 
it's definitely different from high school and different like pace and just trying to make sure being aggressive on every swing. But I think, uh, I mean, she started strong and she continued to be strong. And like he said, you know, some days it was, it seemed like it wasn't there, but then some days it was lights out. And I think that she's really developing and we'll be seeing a lot of more of the lights out version. So looking forward to it. Look at that swing by chin forces an overpass. It's 10 two at this point. Purdue leads, and then Grace puts it away. But just starting with that serve, and I have to ask you again, Haley, what did you see from start to finish between Caitlin Newton and Grace Cleveland, two people that, that Purdue fans were not able to, you know, really experience the serve of in their first year, seeing them, you know, progress and move on. Caitlin in her third year, Grace in her second, just have shootouts from, from behind the line. Was it like that in practice, too? Were they just serving bullets every day? Yeah, I mean, we practice serving so much, and they both are really great servers. So it's it's not surprising to know that like how good they can serve, and they they definitely should what they do every day at practice, which is really uh, challenging to our team and obviously UK at the time. So there's dig number ten for Haley Bush, her third double double of the season, and another fantastic serve by Newton, forced an overpass. Purdue takes an eleven to two lead, and so I mean, it's hard to really transport you guys back to you know a time that was, what, 10 months ago, seven months ago, eight months ago. I'm bad at math. But in this moment, are you starting to really think about the finish line or are you still, okay, we need to get to 13. Now we're at 12-2. Do we need to get to 14? Are you, how, does it, how does a mindset like yours work in a, in a match like this, Haley? Uh, I would say, I mean, obviously we want to push to the finish here, but uh... – at this point, you just want to take it point by point. And I mean, you know, the finish is, is really close. But I think by focusing on each point, instead of just thinking, no, we're going to win, because as soon as we start letting go thinking we're going to win, it's not going to end up very well for us. There's the message for you youngsters. No matter whether it's 14 to 0 or 14 13, got to work for that 15th point. And here's a perfect example Edmund has the opportunity to bring the team back in it. I believe it's 12 to 14 at this point. And coach, I had to ask you at one point in this one. So you went with the Tiger Woods uh, shirt. How did, how did that feel? It was, it was quite a balmy afternoon in the Memorial Coliseum on that day, if I don't recall. Yeah, I, I never let it really bother me too much. Um, it was funny because we practiced in there uh, either the day of, I think the day of, and there were people that worked for Skinner that thought Skinner was down there coaching the team because uh, there's two bald-headed guys coaching against each other here. But uh, we, we have great respect for uh, Kentucky and, and, and Skinner, and uh, that, that building can get warm, and, and just like our building used to be. But uh, it, I don't think when you're, when you're playing matches like this, uh, it really doesn't affect the, the players and certainly not the coach. But uh, a great match. And, and, you know, you talked about serving in the, the – the, the dramatic improvement from Cleveland and Newton. And, and we think that we'll even be better serving the ball this coming fall um, because I think we'll have one more tough server into the mix. Uh, you know, last year, uh, Blake was serving for us and, and her short serve was fairly effective. But if people knew it was coming, they were able to, you know, pass pretty well. So I think that I think our serving will even be stronger this year. And I thought it was the best we've had in a long time last year. What is the mindset behind a timeout, 12 to 6? Is it just a reset, wanting to give some of your players a little rest and some water? Well, they, it was 12-3, uh, and then it was 12 to 6. So they, they scored three straight on us. And 
you, you don't want to let your, your team start to get a little bit, you know, frazzled and, and, and lose some of that positive mojo they have. And you just want to make sure that we get, we know what the server's doing and, and what our lineup is and that we, you know, as long as you've got a Newton or a Cleveland, the way that they were playing in this match in the front row, you feel like you got a pretty good opportunity to score eventually. And, and uh, my screen's a little bit choppy, but I assume that we tried to go back to Grace and maybe they defended it. And, and they're a great team. We did outblock them in this match 17 to 10, and we outdug them by a half dozen as well. So it was a great defensive effort by us. But they, they've built this team around defense. They think they really believe that they are one of the best defensive teams in the country every year. So you've got to find a way to, to, to score a point. And I don't know if there was a controversial call there, but it looks like we finally put a ball away. And, and now we're moving on with at point 13. Yep, it was to Grace on the right side. She was blocked. And then trying to go left side to Chin. And I think it was a, a pivotal mistake by Caitlin Cooper. She hits it just long. We can look at it again. It felt to me like it was just a little long. She wanted a touch. I believe it was reviewed, maybe. But uh, the Lily serving was just really good here. I remember Madison Lily really being a thorn in the side of the 2018 NCAA tournament match. And then once again, she's someone that, Haley, I have to imagine that going up against an elite setter, does that rev up your competition a little bit? Or are you more focused on who the blockers are for the other side? Uh, I mean, when I, I know, I mean, every team that I, we play in the Big Ten, you know, we got elite setters. So it's mostly just, doing my own thing and then making sure that my hitters are put in the best situations. And I have one more question for you because of the timeout there, it had me thinking about the reason that some coaches call timeouts in volleyball when you get, you know, frozen with a timeout, does it get to you or is, is it something that you don't even consider? You take a break, you come right back and you serve again. Uh, I don't think it really gets to me. I, you know, you just take a break, you get to talk things over with your team again and then, Honestly, timeouts feel like they're like 15 seconds long to me. So it doesn't really do a whole lot to me. And yeah. No, I feel the same way. I don't even have time to run to the bathroom. So it's here we have the challenge. It was, you know, Cooper's shot that they looked for a touch. Similarly to Holloway, it's tough to find a touch in the grainy video. Our video here is a little bit better. Still couldn't see a touch. So we wait for that. Purdue now up 13 to 7. And we could talk a little bit about Emma Terwilliger because we've seen the progression of a lot of people. Haley, you were with her. You've seen her from the very beginning. Talk to me about the, you know, the, the Emma Terwilliger, her first day of freshman year to the Emma Terwilliger, even, you know, early in 2019 to the Terwilliger at the end of 2019, where she comes up pretty big in the Baylor match as well. Yeah, I think when she came in, she's always been aggressive and really is in, like taking like initiative in the back row. But as she's gotten more, she's just like, uh, she's very fearless when it comes to playing defense and you can tell by how many like plays she makes and she never backs down. And I think that's really impressive for only being a sophomore at the time. Leah Edmond to serve 13 to eight, just two points away, a little bit of finger biting, but able to just get that one over. So we'll see what Kentucky can do with the free ball. See Purdue's got two of their better blockers up there with Cleveland and Moeller. It forces a tip by Skinner and then grace once again, it feels like when the pressure is ratcheted up a little bit, Coach, and Grace Cleveland gets a swing when it's 13-something or 14-something in the fifth, it feels like it's a different Grace swing than earlier in the match. Do you feel like she's got a little extra of that clutch level? Uh, I think Grace is a player that likes to, likes to be comfortable, and that's something that she knows she has to work on, where she has to be 
she's got to be great all the time. She can't be great only when she feels really good about what's going on, what the situation is, and and she recognizes that. But certainly, as this match went on, she got better and better. And and Haley does a great job of building confidence in, in her hitters. And I think that's one of the things that um, Haley does as well as anybody we've had in a long time is our players feed off of her. And, you know, um, we, we wish Haley was six foot three. Okay. And she's, I think she claims she's 5'10. And, and she's probably close to that. She's very athletic. But the, the strengths of Haley is, is how pe people play around her when she's on the floor. And that's what a great teammate is. That's what a great setter brings to the floor is she makes everybody around you better. And if you're a setter or you're a Libro, you better make everybody around you better um, or your team isn't going to you know, accomplish a whole lot. So uh, Haley has gotten better uh, physically. She's gotten better with her setting. She's gotten much better defensively. And she made some big plays even in this set we were watching. Uh, but she's, you know, she's got two more years uh, to play. And she, and she is going to get better and better and better. You talked about, you know, how does she respond when she's playing against an elite level setter? Then the question should be how do her opponents respond when they're playing against her? Because um, she's getting better offensively and recognizing what's going on in the game. And uh, I, I think, you know, she's capable of doing whatever she wants to do. And uh, it'll be interesting next year because, you know, we, uh, if Renner gets healthy, she gives us a bigger person. And uh, I love to have Haley in the game all the time because of what she brings to the floor. But we'll have the option of, you know, if we're playing against someone like Edmonds and we've got that matchup, maybe we put a bigger block in if, if we can get, you know, get by with that. A lot of that will be dependent on, you know, how fast Renner comes coming off of her injury. But uh, having a player like Haley on the floor uh, is something that makes a coach feel pretty good and, and really comfortable because she's got command of our team. There's no doubt about that. Let's watch this final point then, 14 to eight. We'll see what impact Haley might have. Instead, she won't have the chance because Blake puts it away and Purdue takes it 15 to eight. I would say if you had to rank, Coach, the pivotalness, the, you know, the importance of, of a win last year to leading to hosting for the NCAA tournament, would you put Michigan at one, Kentucky at two in terms of how important the win ended up standing at the end of the year? Or would you put Kentucky at number one? No, I would have put, I'd put Nebraska um, at home probably as number one. Um, you know, that's a team that everybody has incredible respect for as they, as they should. Um, so that was, that was a significant win. And we beat them in every statistical category when we played them at our place, even though that it went five, we, we really blew a game. I think it was game one that we blew to them. And then, then we bounced back and showed some great toughness against them. But we, we had a lot of good wins. Uh, I thought during the course of last season, you know, Louisville went to the elite eight and you know we beat them and taking care of Michigan a couple of times. And this went over Kentucky and uh, went 14 and six in the big 10. So it was, um, you know, there were a handful of pretty quality wins there, but, I, I'm done trying to guess what's going through the committee's mind on what, what they think is, is a significant win or not. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we had the opportunity to host and um, we're in a good position. To, I, th I thought we were in a decent position to go to the Final Four. However, uh, Baylor had a heck of a match against us. They had some players show up that I thought were going to be a little bit iffy and they had everybody on their team show up. And again, another lesson for our team. If you want to win at the regional level, you better have every player show up. And uh, that's something we need to continue to work on.
And then final words here for you, Haley. Where would you kind of stack up that win at Kentucky in terms of your most memorable wins from last year? Um, I'd probably put it maybe just second because the the win against Nebraska at home, that's just something just on your home court. And But I think uh, just that's definitely second just because, you know, it's my home. So. Yep, it was a fun one. So looking forward to the next time that Coach and I get to welcome someone else on, break down another match. I want to remind you that season tickets for Purdue are moving to a mobile ticketing only available for sale on July 6th. So keep your eye out for that. Haley Bush, Dave Shondell, thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode of Dig City, a Purdue volleyball podcast available on the Apple app, the Spotify, everywhere you could find podcasting. And if you're watching us, we're waving to you on Facebook. Make sure to check out our Michigan match. We broke it down, Coach Shondell, Caitlin Newton, and I. And we will be back on your radio waves before you know it for the 2020 season. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Gillian. Great job. As always, enjoy your week, whether you're listening to it in the morning, evening, or night. Have a fantastic day. This is Dig City, Purdue Volleyball.